Now this morning, our second reading comes in Paul's letter to the Colossians in the third chapter, reading verses 12 through 14 on page 834, if you would like to follow the reading. Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12 and reading through verse 14. Paul writes to these Christians in the church at Colossae, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Again, may God bless the reading and hearing of his word from this third chapter of Colossians. My sermon this morning is entitled, The Challenge of Forgiving. This month of August, I'm talking about Christian attributes and virtues. And this morning, particularly, I want to talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of those things that we all know about, we all want, we all think we can give, but for the most part, we all have difficulty with. And uh, I want to begin by reading uh, what Frederick Beekner, who is a retired Presbyterian minister and a longtime theologian and author, having written 20-something books, in his book entitled Wishful Thinking, a theological ABC, he writes this about forgiveness. He says, to forgive somebody is to say one way or another, you have done something unspeakable. And by all rights, I should call it quits between us. Both my pride and my principles demand no less. However, although I make no guarantees that I will be able to forget what you have done, and though we may both carry the scars for life, I refuse to let it stand between us. I still want you for my friend. He goes on. To accept forgiveness means to admit that you've done something unspeakable and need to be forgiven. And thus, both parties must swallow the same thing, their pride. Now, Beekner, I think, is on to something there. And I think that is worth us looking at and thinking about this morning about forgiveness. Now, you know, the Bible does say a great deal about forgiveness. And if you go back and you were to do a word search 
from the Old Testament and the New Testament using the word forgive or forgiving or forgiveness, you would get numerous passages, both in the Old and New Testament, about the subject. But the great majority of those passages that you would find have to do with God forgiving us. Not so much with us forgiving one another or being forgetful, forgiving, but with God forgiving us because of our sinful nature, because of the sin that is in our lives, because we are, as the Old Testament describes, a stiff-necked and stubborn people. And so, in the law of Moses, it talks about it in the prophets, it talks about it in the histories, it talks about it in the poetry of the Psalms and the Proverbs, it talks about it how we are in need of forgiveness from God. Why is that such a story? Well, we all know it begins there in the garden and just goes forward. And you would think that we would learn that forgiveness is something that we always are in need of and we always need to turn to God. We confess sin, we realize that. But I tell you, it doesn't come naturally to us. Forgiveness, both seeking forgiveness and forgiveness being forgiving does not come naturally to us at all. It just doesn't. We very much still like the Old Testament idea that was taught and in the law, the idea that not forgiveness, let's have retribution. Let's have justice. Let's have getting even. And so you have such things as an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a life for a life. And such as I have said from this pulpit time and time again, such is the way that the world operates to this day and in many cases our lives as well. Now, you know, how else can we see this? Where else in the scriptures do we see this idea that we would rather have vengeance than forgiveness? We would rather practice vengeance than forgive. Psalm 137. We all would probably recognize the first part of this psalm. <laughs> uh, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars, we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? 
If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy, Remember, O Lord, what the Edomites did on the day Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations. Yes, we remember what those Edomites did to us, besides what Nebuchadnezzar did to us. And then in verse 8, O daughters of Babylon, doomed to destruction. Happy is he who repays you for what you have done to us. And then the concluding verse of Psalm 137 that nobody ever reads. He who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. Not much forgiveness in that but a lot of retribution. Forgiveness is hard. It is challenging. Paul, in his letter, encourages the Christians to be forgiving towards one another, reminding them to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And yet forgiveness remains such a difficulty even among Christians. Over the many years that I have been pastor of this church, I have had people leave this church because I had offended them. I had done, or more often than not, not done something. And they were upset and they couldn't forgive me for what I had done or did not do, and they left. I have no doubt offended many different people, and sometimes it is simply because of what the Word of God says. I didn't seek to offend anybody, but by preaching God's Word, people were offended. I can't apologize for the Word of God. There's nothing to apologize about. But if I have ever done anything that offends people because of how I said something or because I didn't say something in the right way, I need to ask forgiveness. You know... Forgiveness, to forgive someone who has offended you, is very difficult to do. We hear the old adage, forgive and forget. I've never seen too many people forget. We're told that God forgets our sin because of Jesus but I've never seen many of us. There are certain things in life in which I would say there is no forgiveness. Now, this doesn't have to do with sin, but I would say in politics there are no forgiveness. <coughs> just not any. We'll just save it for a rainy day. Use it at the most opportune time. But for the Christian person, 
Forgiveness is something that Jesus gave us by example and calls us to be doing in our lives. Some, some years ago, I had a person who at one time had been a member of our congregation but had moved away. And they came in town one weekend and the person asked to come see me and, and I was glad to see them and they came in and they asked me to forgive them for something. And I hadn't even thought about it. It had not really troubled me, but it had troubled them. And they were in need of being forgiven about it for their own peace of mind. And sometimes that's what it is. It's we need forgiving for our own peace of mind. The challenge of forgiving. If we can practice being a forgiving people, and we can also seek to be forgiven for those things in which by direct action, indirect action, by word or action, has caused others to have great distress, to have offended someone else, then we are living out what it means to be a practicing Christian by being forgiving towards them or by seeking to be forgiven by them. It's very important. Sometimes we just want to uh, ignore it. I won't see them, they won't see me, we'll just ignore it. In marriages, if you ignore it long enough, usually a divorce will happen. Or you just won't speak to each other for the rest of your married lives. Parents are often at odds with children, not so much young children, but grown children, or at odds with children with their parents because of many different things. But forgiveness is important. Forgiveness is an act of Christ. Even there on the cross, being crucified, having been beaten and scourged, having been tormented, having been judged guilty for being Jesus. There on the cross, one of the last words to be uttered by our Lord, Jesus, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. The deacon Stephen, in the book of Acts, as he is being stoned to death while 
Saul, who would one day become the Apostle Paul, sitting there shaking his head and agreeing as each and every stone is being thrown at the deacon Stephen and the deacon Stephen saying, Father, forgive them as he is dying from the inflicted injuries of being hit with the stones. Forgiveness. It is a challenging attribute. It is a virtue that is worth everything, but is so hard, so hard to maintain. So I ask, are you a forgiving person? Or is forgiving not one of the attributes of faith that you like to practice? Are you a person who needs forgiving? Would you seek out that person that you need forgiving from and try to make amends? Paul says, bear with each other, forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. This applies to everything. It applies to our relationships with one another in the church, our relationships in families, our relationships with those we work with, our relationships with those who we may only know in part. But it applies. And we, as Christians, as Paul says, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, one of the things we need to clothe ourselves with and to live with and to practice is the gift of forgiving and being forgiven. As I was preparing this sermon, it occurred to me that this should be one of about five sermons on forgiving. And perhaps over the course of the coming year, we will hear other sermons about forgiving. But let us say that we all realize, that we all acknowledge, there is a challenge in forgiving. Amen. I remind us all that if you would like to make a what I would term a regular offering. The offering plate is at the back on the way out. And we will even take coins here. I know nobody else will, but we'll take them. <laughs> Thank you all for your continued faithfulness in giving to the church. 
And uh, whether it's by check, in the mail, by the bank, or online, we are very grateful. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, for your love towards us, that in his dying, you forgave our sin. Let us never forget that, nor take it for granted, nor be overcome by pride that we would never accept this gift of grace. We thank you, O God, for all that we have received here as your church, for those who give. We pray that you would continue to bless that giving and the work that continues to be done. And hear these thanksgivings this day, for we make them in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen.